Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host is Bethany. Um, so basically the gist of this show is that we talk about films that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So today's topic is a favorite love story. And the film I chose is A Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, but first, Bethany, uh, what are some of your favorite celluloid love stories? Um, so I have a couple of different ones mixed in, but I noticed a lot of them were like rom-coms. Yeah. Which are, um, they get a really bad reputation. People always think rom-coms are like, oh, that's a chick flick. As though that's a bad thing, because women are always perceived as... Anything women like is perceived as being not as good as what men would prefer. But I'm proud of liking rom-coms. They're my, they're my like, pick-me-up kind of movies. So that's why I chose a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So the first one is one of my all-time favorite movies ever, which is The Proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it like a hundred times. And it stars Sandra Bullock, Betty White, uh, Ryan Reynolds. And it is absolutely hilarious. It is so well-crafted, so funny, always puts me in a good mood. And we what, when did we rewatch it? This summer? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't seen it in, like, I don't know, a couple of years. It was really nice to just watch it, and I was able to quote it again. And I remember seeing that in the movie theater with my best friend and yeah it's a it's a solid pick i'd say mm. um another one that i've only seen about two or three times but i really enjoy is crazy rich asians mm-hmm. i love that movie um it's again it's funny but it's also really really touching really like moving and um the girl is just in so much pain from the her the love of her life his family not accepting her for who she is because she doesn't come from a rich family she comes from a broken household and his parents are you know incredibly wealthy and like high status celebrities in their country and they look down on her for being not being what they are so it's like so it, it like talks about like you know, SES, socioeconomic status, and yeah, that that one is um, really beautifully made as well. And the wedding scene, oh my gosh, the wedding scene makes me, I every time I tear up, I just sob. It's so beautiful. It's not even their wedding, the couple. It's like a wedding that they're at, like a family member's wedding. It's just so beautiful. Even if you haven't seen the movie, go look up Crazy Rich Asians wedding scene. And there's like an orchestrated version of um, "Can't Help Falling Can't in Love Help Falling in Love with You." It's so beautiful. Yeah, well, all I can th- like the first thing that I think of when I think of that movie is just like expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> because just like everything in that movie, like it's it's insane. Like at one point, like there's like a whole. There's like a whole week where they're like on like a yacht or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, you know, the place where they live is just... Immaculate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although the funny thing is that I feel like the only person in that film who really has a problem with her is just the, the mom. mother. It's not really anybody else Yeah, it's the mom, film. I'd say. 
Everybody else in that film is really funny. Like, um... Aquafina? Yeah, yeah. She's her. hilarious. And then Ken Jeong, right? Is Ken Jeong Yeah, in yeah, it? yeah, he's... Yeah. No. Ken Jeong... Ken Jeong... Oh, my God. Ken Jeong. Yeah. Yes. Ken Jeong. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I forgot. I... Yeah. He's in everything. Yeah, he's I just, in everything. I I, I love, even I love him. Yeah, I even saw that he's gonna be like in the new uh, Tom and Jerry movie because I saw <laughs> I saw the uh, the preview for that. I love. And I was him. like, wait, he's gonna be, he's in that too. I love him. He's so like much. in everything. I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. Um. Okay, another one is my big fat Greek wedding. I love this movie so much. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it in years. Oh like, I saw it, like, a gosh. long time ago. It is so funny. It's on the same level as Crazy Rich Asians. Like, Actually, yeah, it does similar. kind of remind me of it a little it's bit. It's very similar. From what I remember. The first time I ever watched it was in college. I watched it at in my dorm room. Um, I think it was, like, the winter, so I was, like, stuck from a, a couple snow days in a row. And I decided to watch it in my room and it was so good I loved it and then in my class about a week later my professor was like let's like watch a movie it was like Christmas time and he goes uh let's just watch a movie do you guys you know have anything you want to watch and some girl just blurts out let's watch my big fat Greek wedding and we watched it so I watched it like within the same week like yeah twice and i saw the second one because i was so curious second one was interesting it wasn't as good as the first one obviously but it was still actually not that bad um i really 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 like that movie i love it it's very quotable it's funny it's relatable because even if you're not greek if you're italian if you're irish if you're like there are so many cultures that have very similar like idiosyncrasies and quirks to this family like they're very loud and they're very like you know over the top and it's it's so funny i love it and i love the family um okay um another one that i really love is look who's talking mm-hmm. obviously you know yeah. i love that movie mm-hmm. there are how many are there three or four i don't even i know. think there are three i've watched all of them i don't even remember how many there are there might be three or four but i've watched all of them which stars um, John Travolta and Kirstie Alley. And, oh my gosh, it is so funny. And Bruce Willis is the Bruce baby. Bruce Willis. So, if you don't know this movie, Kirstie Alley is a mom, like, getting... She's aging. She's getting up there. She's, like, in her late 30s. So, she's like, you know what? I'm not married. I want to have a baby. So, she tries artificial insemination. It doesn't work. And then she has an affair with um some guy that she doesn't realize is married and he's an older man and she gets pregnant and she has this baby and he wants nothing to do with her nothing to do with the baby because he is married so he's like yeah i can't have another family and then she meets john travolta by accident and they he ends up like really loving her kid and like they just keep running into each other everywhere and then the kid just really loves him they have like this best friend bond and then she ends up falling in love with him and it's fun it's really funny it's really good i love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do it's it's another one of those um like movies that i watch if i just want to watch something to like be feel i don't know like sometimes when i'm like having a bad day and i just want to be comfortable just laying watching a movie 
that I already know I love. Like, that's that's one I can put on. That was, like, another one of Travolta's, like, comeback movies at the time, right? Because didn't that kind of come out, like, around the same time as Pulp Fiction? Probably. Yeah. I don't really know when it came out. Um... Another one I have is 13 Going on 30. I love that movie. This is one of, like, the cheesy, like, chick flick kind of movies that I like. But it, I don't know. I started watching it when I was younger, like, middle school age. And I always wanted to dress just like her and, like, be just like her, which is funny because it was so, like, early 2000s. And I look back on the fashion now and I'm like, yeesh. But, um... Yeah, that's another really good movie that I have not seen in a very long time. But it is one that I own. I actually own two DVD copies of it. I don't know why. Don't ask. But um, it's funny because I'm, like, obsessed with TikTok. (laughs) And on TikTok, I came across the girl who played the younger version of Jennifer Garner. Mm -hmm. She played her as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She grew up to look just like her. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. And she, like, talks about the movie a lot. She makes, like, videos about it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, That's another feel-good movie. That's what these kind of are for me. They're just, like, comfort movies. And it was really funny, too, because I think it was, like, last week or something. We were watching Black Panther for the first time, and Andy Serkis was in it. And you're like, I know him from somewhere. Where do I Mm -hmm. know him from? And I was, like, listening all the movies to you, and then you saw that he was... uh, in 13 Going on 30, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's where I know him from. You know what that, You know what 13 Going on 30 kind of reminds me of? What? This is too, super unrelated to, like, rom-coms and stuff, but what? it reminds me of The Devil Wears Prada a lot. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Back to the Future, kind of. Really? Yeah, kind of. Like, like, like instead of Yeah, yeah, like, reverse Back to the Future, yeah. Like, instead of going uh, back, back in time, she goes forward in time. It's like a nightmare. Yeah. See, if I did that and I was like, oh, wow, I want to be 30. It's kind of weird because I'm not that far off from 30 now. But it's like, imagine you wake up and you're like still living in your parents' house. That's like such a, that would be my absolute nightmare. Be like, I would go back and be like, oh my God, I got to change. I got to like go to a good school. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what she discovers is that she has to like change like how she's. I guess, acted for the past uh, 20 years. Yeah, because she was, like, bitter. Because she was, like, she was basically, like, her bitter, cold. her uh, friend. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, they weren't friends. Well, they were, they became friends, yeah. though, in that timeline, yeah. right? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um. Another one. I have a couple more. How many should I? Yeah, just, I yeah, just, yeah. Okay, Um. this one is, um... One that I get a lot of slack for liking, but I don't know why. It is so good, for a, and it's popular for a reason. I love The Notebook. I love The Notebook. I saw The Notebook for the first time about two years ago. My aunt, like, loves that movie, Diana. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw it for the first time, and I was so reluctant to see it because I was like, everybody likes this movie. It's probably, like, meh. It was good. It was the... It was the You know, got hyped for a reason. It's really a beautiful story, but it's very sad. It's like the better version of Titanic. (laughs) Honestly. Because it's a very similar kind of feel to the relationship. Mm -hmm. But um, in a very strange way, but it does. Um, 
I really like the notebook. I would like to watch that again soon. I know it's free on demand. Maybe I'll watch that um soon. Yeah, I don't know. I really like it and um Rachel McAdams is awesome in it. And uh Ryan Gosling. Uh another one I have is It's Complicated, one of my favorite movies of all time. It is so mm-hmm. funny. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. And um yeah, maybe it's not critically acclaimed and it's, you know, a cheesy chick flick. But honestly, for a chick flick, it is hysterical. What is more funny than Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin fighting because they're divorced and then having an affair? Like, they're, like, you know, supposed to be in their late 50s, I think. And they have college age and, like, grown-up kids and they're divorced. They've been divorced for 10 years. And then they just, like, start having sex out of the blue and they can't stop having sex and it's just so funny oh my god i love it but you know what else i like about it in the Mm. end she doesn't end up with him spoiler alert yeah but i like that and also um steve martin is hysterical in it yeah yeah oh my god he's adorable in that movie he's so cute i mean they're all hysterical and like alec baldwin is Really oh my gosh, he's so funny. Uh, yeah. My favorite line that I say all the time. Yeah, yeah. His eyes were glued to your ass. ass. <laughs> yeah. He like improvised that and she you could see her laugh too. It's just so funny. Yeah. Great movie. Great film. Great film. It was Excellent. made by the same woman that did Father of the Bride, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. What's funny too is that I wanted to see that in the movie theaters when it came out. And I was too young. So my friend and I went to the movies and they were like, um, you have to be 17 to come see this. And we were like, we're like 15. And they're like, yeah, no, and we couldn't go see it. And now oh. I know why. And <laughs> there's a lot of sex. But they don't actually like show. You anything, only ever though. see Alec Baldwin's butt. Yeah. That's really all you see. But still, it's got swearing. It's got nudity. It's got mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. <laughs> sexual connotations. I mean, I could have easily seen that at 14 and been, or 15 and been like, you know, felt the same way I feel about it now. But, mm-hmm. oh my God, I love that movie. Again, I have two DVD copies of that. You want to know why? Funny story. My mom and I, we both had never seen it until one Christmas, she bought it for me and I bought it for her on DVD. Mm-hmm. The same Christmas. And so we have two copies now, I think. Oh, love it. Okay, I have one more. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie of all time. Always will be Grease. The best <laughs> yeah. love story ever. Oh, I love Grease so much. It's funny. I was younger and I really was Sandy. With my friend group, I was Sandy. And then I grew up and I became Rizzo. <laughs> How did you become Rizzo? I mean, I'm like kind of the... Out of my friend, I guess in my friend group now, I'm kind of like the, I don't know, I'm kind of like a mix of all of them. I'm still kind of Sandy. I'm a little Rizzo. I'm a little Marty. I'm a little Jan. But it's, I don't know. I feel like I became Rizzo. I've just became so desensitized to everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, so Grease is a solid film. Absolutely excellent. I could go on about that movie for hours and hours and hours. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, A Midsummer Night's Dream is a romantic comedy fantasy film released on May 14th, 1999. 
Uh, it's based on the play by William Shakespeare and was directed by Michael Hoffman, who also did the screenplay. It stars Rupert Everett, Anna Friel, Kalista Flockhart, uh, Dominic West, Kevin Klein, Michelle Pfeiffer, Stanley Tucci, Christian Bale, Sophie Marceau, and David Strathairn. Uh, the film takes place in 19th century Italy, where a young woman named Hermia, played by Anna Friel, is forbidden to marry her lover Lysander, played by Dominic West, due to her arranged marriage to Demetrius, played by Christian Bale. Hermia and Lysander are so distraught that they decide to run away together. Hermia tells her friend Helena, played by Callista Flockhart, who was thrown over for Hermia by Demetrius. Uh, Helena tells Demetrius of this plan in order to gain his appreciation back, and the two follow them that night. Um, that night in the forest, a civilization of fairies appear, who are governed by the king and queen Oberon and Titania, played by Rupert Everett and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oberon and Titania's relationship has gone sour due to Titania not wanting to let Oberon use her changeling as one of his henchmen. Oberon decides to get back at Titania by giving her a love potion in hopes that she'll fall in love with an animal so that he can humiliate her into giving him the changeling and calls upon the assistance of the prankster fairy uh, nicknamed Puck, played by Stanley Tucci. Meanwhile, an acting troupe go into the forest to prepare for their performance for the Duke. Puck uses this opportunity to change one of the players named Nick Bottom, played by Kevin Klein, to use as the animal that Titania will fall in love with and turns him into a donkey. Oberon and Puck also discover Hermia, Lysander, Demetrius, and Helena in the forest. They decide to have fun with them as well by having Lysander and, and Demetrius fall in love with Helena. Um, so I was always kind of aware of this film over the years because uh, for some reason I always saw a copy of it in my parents' bedroom. and uh, But I didn't know what it was. And then a few years ago I actually caught some of it on TV but it wasn't until, like, I don't know, was it, like, two years ago that I finally sat down and watched it with you? Mm-hmm. And I think it was because, uh, I think you wanted to watch it with me because um, you were learning about Shakespeare in a class, right? I took a Shakespeare course in college for my degree. Yeah, so that's how we kind of ended yeah, up we, watching we it. Covered, we covered uh, Midsummer. Yeah. Um, but I ended up really enjoying the film, and I think the reason for it and I think the reason for it is, apart from it just being Shakespeare, is that it's a very feel-good film. Like, it's a love story, but it's also a fantasy and a comedy. Mm-hmm. And I love how Shakespeare blended those genres, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's, like, your take on it? I mean, I really love it. Um, overall, I love Shakespeare. It's definitely my favorite Shakespeare play um next to Twelfth Night those are two of my absolute favorites and I do see a lot of parallels um in Shakespeare's works there are a lot of a lot of things that you will pick up on like the rule of twos he always does you know and this is in a non-sexual manner some of it is in a sexual manner some of it's not but like double entendres I mean when you think of double entendre you always think of it as a sexual innuendo but Mm -hmm. not always um, like the rule of twos, like he uses twins a lot or doubles. And in this, you see the double couple and, you know, the love, I would say triangle, but it's more like a love square in this yeah. case. And 
I don't know. I just think it still holds up to this day, like, beautifully. And I just love the whole aspect of it, like, the enchanted woods kind of feel. I'm just, like, a cottage core bitch, and I love, like... (laughs) I just love, like, fairy-esque stuff and, like, fairy lights and ivy and mm-hmm. lanterns and, like, flowers. I'm just, like, uh, I just love that stuff. Like, the whole, and the way that they presented it in the film was just so beautiful. I actually have some notes on that. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized when we were watching it this time around was that, like, it seemed like the 90s were, were like, an interesting era for Shakespeare adaptations. It was, like, there was, like, a boom of like Shakespeare adaptations yeah. in the nineties. Like you had like uh Ten Things As I Hate you About like it. Oh, Ten Things I Hate About You. She's the man. Well that was like the thousands, but oh, um That's Twelfth Night. Yeah. Well uh Kenneth Brenna's versions of Hamlet mm-hmm. and Much Ado About Nothing and Twelfth Night, which which was another one that we saw yeah. together. Which was also because of the class that you took around yep. that time. So yeah, it's uh yeah, I don't know what it was with the 90s and Shakespeare adaptations, but there was, like, a lot of them at that time, and this was another really good uh, adaptation that came out you know at how, that time. You know how during the lockdown we just watched a bunch of um, Disney movies? Mm-hmm. If we have another one, I'm just saying, like, not that I want to, but, like, if we have another one, we should just watch all the Shakespeare Oh, yeah, definitely. Movies. Yeah, I would love to watch more movies like this, actually. Yeah. Twelfth Night was excellent. I would watch that again. Yeah. Um, cause, yeah, cause, like, I've never seen Kenneth Brenna's version of Hamlet, but I know that that, I think that's, like, another really, like, famous one. I enjoy Hamlet. It's not, like, one of my favorites, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I love Othello. Oh, my gosh. Is there a film version of Othello? Yeah, I think there is. I want to watch that. I wrote a whole paper on that. And also, actually, <laughs> do you remember when, in our senior year of high school, in our English class, we started reading. watching. Well, we uh, were re- we were reading Shakespeare, but we ended up watching the Macbeth. Like yeah, the Macbeth. Oh my god! Movie what and f- and Hamlet. There was a the the movie the, the, the Ethan Hawke. I don't remember the Hamlet, Hamlet one, but I do. I don't remember that, but I do remember the Macbeth in the, one. In the Macbeth one, yeah, where they worked at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, and like she literally like. Lady Macbeth by killing King Duncan, she literally threw him into a fry grease yeah. thing, like a a fryer. <laughs> yeah, and Christopher Walken was like the cop in that. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, it was really funny. So, this is probably like I mentioned my favorite Shakespeare play. I've actually seen it live twice on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw it um, when I was in middle school, and then I saw it my freshman year of high school. So I've actually seen it done twice, but I've never been in it. Yeah, that's another thing I want to do, too. I, well, if I even get to at this point. I would really love to see a Shakespeare play, because I've never believe, seen one. I can't believe you've never seen a Shakespeare play. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen so many. I've seen Titus Andronicus. I've seen Midsummer twice. I've seen, I've seen like, a bunch um, one of them I don't remember the name, <laughs> I but I used to, oh, uh, Winter's Tale, I love Winter's Tale, but I saw it at, like, the Globe Theater or something in, or something similarly called to that, the Shakespeare Roundabout Theater or something in New York yeah. with that Shakespeare class, oh my gosh, it, in Brooklyn, it was so weird, but so good, oh my gosh, 
I I really liked that class. I had a fun class too. Um, do you remember that episode on Disney Channel of the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody where it was a Midsummer's Night Dream? No, I don't remember. We that. gotta watch it. Yeah. That's what got me started into Shakespeare. Oh, really? I'm not even kidding, because I was doing plays, but I and musicals, but it, I never was into Shakespeare when I was, you know, like twelve. I wasn't into it yet, so I watched that episode on Disney Channel, and I that that got me into it. So good. Zach and Cody were Lysander and Demetrius, and like it was funny because they ended up getting cast in the roles with the girlfriends that they had in real life. One of them was Selena Gomez. So Mm -hmm. they had like these two girlfriends in, you know, in real life in the show. Yeah. And they ended up getting cast in the show as the opposite, like couples. And they were like upset. And then they actually ended up falling in love with the wrong girl, like in real life. Yeah. So it was like the, the their real life was supposed to parallel with the, um, or coincide with the, um, the play that they were doing. It was, it was really cute. You really haven't seen it. I don't think so. Was actually was that the the Sweet Life on Deck? No, it season? was Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh, like, really? When they were like prepubescent. Oh, we gotta watch it. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh! Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna watch it like today or tomorrow. So the first thing that I wrote was, uh, the couple at the beginning made me realize how horny Shakespeare characters are. Horny. <laughs> yeah. Like aroused. Yeah. Oh my god! Why? Don't you remember <laughs> like what? happened yeah yeah they were just like full like not full on making out but they were like kind of making out i think it was the the duke and the queen uh in the beginning that were doing that but i don't know just like there's just like a lot of i don't know they're just so horny man (laughs) i said the beginning makes me so sad i said i said So what I a said, complete like you're opposite. like, oh, like yeah, so they're getting it and you're like it's so sad no so the beginning well that also does show like our sexes i guess because <laughs> no because i said the beginning makes me so sad for women at the time yeah i said women are just basically property and i said how would i survive because like with hermia like she's supposed to be getting married and she doesn't want to marry him she wants to marry the other guy, mm-hmm. and she, like, has no say. Like, her dad is like, I don't care. You're a small girl. Like, doesn't matter. Like, you need to be wifed up. And she just can't say anything. Me? Oh, forget it. I'd probably be thrown in prison for how I'd retaliate. Like, yeah. I felt so bad for her. No, really. Like, imagine, like, being forced into a marriage that you don't love the person. Yeah. And loving someone and not being able to marry them. I mean, there are several several movies that we can think of that do that and yeah this was probably where they got it from this was probably one of the first because yeah it's sad very sad i also wrote that mr noodle is one of the troop members (laughs) mr noodle from elmo's Elmo's world World. yeah (laughs) actually i think that was one of the things that we picked up on the first time we saw it i'm not sure if you remember no i do wait that's mr noodle i forgot about that yeah it is mr noodle yeah Except in Elmo, he didn't speak, and in this, he, like, sung opera or whatever, remember? Yeah. Um, and I also wrote that, like, the Love Square characters, I'm probably gonna go get a lot love of... Love Square. Yeah. I'm probably... Well, because it's a <laughs> Yeah, love I know, that's, what I, that's yeah. what I said before. That's what I said before. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this, but, um, I don't find them... Like, they're... 
funny, but they're not that interesting. The people? Uh, they're like ordinary Joes. Yeah. Although I guess like the most interesting one is Helena. Helena, yeah. she's just a fucking, like she's just she's fucking nuts. crazy. She's off the rail. Like, like, she's basically Demetrius's stalker. My friend Dorothy, right, she loves this play and she was supposed to direct it this year. She, it's so funny. She told me she, flat out, she was like, I would love to see you as Helena. You would do such a yeah. good job. And I was always like, oh, I want to be Hermia one day. I could see and you as both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would be Helena. Or the queen, too. Yeah. Oh, Titania? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I would want to be probably Helena because she's nuts. Yeah. She's nuts. She's wild. She's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's true. She really is. She's insane. Her hair's always a mess. She's like, she looks like she's a <laughs> yeah. crack addict. She does. Like, her eyes are always like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also wrote that, like... Like, because as I was watching this, I realized, like, I give people who can perform Shakespeare so much credit. Because, I mean... I mean, I don't really know, but, like, he's probably one of the hardest things to perform. Oh, Shakespeare? Absolutely. Yeah, because not only do you have to, like, learn all this complex dialogue, yep. but you have to make it look very natural, too. And because, like, if you get it wrong, it can easily become, like, a like an over-the-top farce. Yeah. And people, that's something that, like, people have made fun of so much over the years, how, like, if you, like... When people try to perform Shakespeare, it's always like, oh, doth the sun, the sun in the sky. And the sun. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, but the dialogue, the dialect is very, the language is very yeah. um, complex. Like, it's like you're learning like a completely different language. And where, to, and where to put the emphasis. Because when you're reading it, you probably have absolutely no idea what is being said let's be honest a i mean i did <laughs> most of the no. time when we were watching this film i had no idea what they were talking about No, but if about, you're but... reading it like imagine you're an actor and you pick up the script they're like and then the sun blah 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 and it's like yeah. but it's it's said in a very like very perplexing way like it's, it's very poetic remember i said that i said it's ve- it's all one big poem that's what it's yeah. like so it's you might not understand the the you know analogies or the the metaphors or whatever that people because we don't speak like that anymore. It's yeah. just not normal. So it's hard as the actor to figure out where you're putting emphasis and what your you know emotions are supposed to be at a specific part. Like the character development is when you do any kind of Shakespeare is probably a wild process. Yeah, but Shakespeare just like I mean like the stuff. Like, the dialogue that I did catch, like, I do just love. Like, there's certain lines in it that I, I really love. Uh, like, there's one line where um, Puck says, like, what fools these mortals be. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I just thought that that was really, that was a great line. And also, like, the like the part where, um, where Hermia is like, you thief of love. And, like, <laughs> she says something really funny, too, before that, but I don't remember what it is unfortunately um i said this movie has great casting throughout a lot of recognizable voices and faces even if you don't recognize like somebody's face you'll recognize like oh i know that voice from somewhere yeah or vice versa so like i mean you got an all-star cast pretty much you got christian bale stanley tucci michelle pfeiffer uh kevin klein like it's insane insane such a great Mm -hmm. cast um, um oh. oh well go ahead 
Yes. I was just going to say, I really would love to do a photo shoot in the fairy forest. Oh, yeah. Like, remember when Michelle Pfeiffer or Titania is laying in that fairy bed and she's like, okay, good night. Yeah. And she just gets raised up um, Mm -hmm. in the bed of flowers. I want to do a a photo shoot in that. I want to look like a fairy. Um, But, like, speaking of the cast, um, I wrote, basically, like, it's the acting troupe and the fairies that steal the show. Yeah. In this. And I love Stanley Tucci in this. I mean, I love oh. Stanley Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci in, like, everything okay. he's in. I did write that. I said, I love Stanley Tucci. And I said, Stanley Tucci, or, um, you know, Puck. Mm-hmm. Well, Puck's name is actually Robin Goodfellow. Yeah. And his, um, his nickname is Puck. I love the character. And the character, he's kind of like the fool. Yeah, but he's the trickster, too. Yeah. Which I said we see in Twelfth Night with Feste. Mm-hmm. Feste is the, the fool character. Mm-hmm. And every, like, Shakespeare play, I feel like, or, you know, has one. And that evolved in film and, you know, literature into the comic relief. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty much like the OG comic relief. Yeah. Like, you see that all the time. Like, the person who's always trying to meddle or... The, just the person who's there for, you know, laughs, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like what evolved out of Puck kind of care, a Puck-like kind of character. And I said that Stanley Tucci was like so perfect for the role. Mm-hmm. Like he was so good. Yeah, he was. And actually, cause, and I, I discovered this a while ago. Because uh, I'm a Tim Curry fan, but apparently Tim Curry actually played Puck really? early on in his career, and this was like pre Rocky Horror too. Wow, yeah. I can so see that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would. I would die. give anything to see Tim Curry. I can see as you. Puck. Know, you know who else I can say play Puck? Who? Alan Cumming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I also put just like the reason why I love Puck is because he's like the trickster, and he's like morally ambivalent. Like, he's not good, but he's not, like, completely bad either. He's just kind of, like, he's Puck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I also wrote that, like, I love the pants that Tucci wears. I need to get them. Oh, I hate those <laughs> pants. They look like shredded bed sheets. I guess. I don't know. But you know what? I wrote Stanley Tucci slash Puck riding a turtle was cute. Oh, yeah. That was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in just riding this big tortoise. He's on yeah. the back of it. And it's just walking so slow into the forest. Oh, that was so cute. Yeah. Did you write that down? No, I didn't. Oh, man. Because what I wrote it down, I wouldn't have, but you said something when we were watching it. You go, look, look, that's so cute. That's so cute. And <laughs> yeah. I look up and he's just riding a turtle. <laughs> Actually, I think it was that scene where I noticed his pants. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ride a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> he was cute. Yeah, he yeah, he was. Um, and I also love Kevin Klein as Nick Bottom. Yeah. He's great in that. And I was disappointed to read that apparently he wasn't happy playing. Really? Yeah, he wanted to play Oberon. Oh. Uh, Oberon's a... Mm. Yeah. But... But I, Rupert Everett did a good job. Yeah. But I Oberon. I mean, I think that he was perfect for Nick Me Bottom. Too. And Nick Bottom is such a lovable buffoon. But I guess that's why he didn't yeah. like playing Yeah, he's him, another, but, like, the fool. 
Yeah. Maybe he's more the fool. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. kind of like... Well, he's more mix... of a fool than Puck is. Yeah. Puck's the troublemaker. I mean, I feel like they're kind of like if you mix the two of them together, you get festive. Yeah. And I, I was actually thinking to myself as I was uh, preparing for this, I was like, it's either Puck or Nick Bottom, who's my favorite character. Yeah. It, it comes very close between those two. I like Puck. Yeah, I love Puck. Um, oh, the scene, though, with Kevin Klein with um, Bottom and Titania having sex yeah. makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was so gross. It's no, so gross. We turned to each other at one point where we were like, wait, are they having sex right now? <laughs> we're like, ah. She's having sex with a donkey. Yeah. Remember, you were like, that's bestiality. Yeah, bestiality. That's so gross. You just see this like beautiful fairy screwing this donkey. <laughs> yeah. No, but. And yeah, like Michelle Pfeiffer in this is really good too. And she's really funny. She's scary. In this. That's why. I'm scared of her. Ever since I saw her in Hairspray, forget it. She's so scary. Oh, she traumatized me in Catwoman? Uh, no, not as Catwoman. Oh. Years ago, my family rented Stardust. Never ever heard, heard of it. it. It's actually no. based off of a Neil Gaiman book. Yeah, that's why. And I've never she, heard of it. <laughs> she was one of the witches in it. And she scared the fucking shit well, out of me. Well, she's scary. Look at her. And, that. and I actually, like, had a hard time, like, sleeping for a while after I, seeing her in that. She's yeah. really scary. Because I, I was, like, 12 years old at the time. So, like, I wasn't used to seeing a performance like that. Yeah. So, um, no, she's scary. Yeah. but No, but she's, like, really funny in this. And, um, and I, I love the scenes with her and uh, Kevin Klein. Oh, her and Oberon, I couldn't stand them. I mean, they're married, obviously, but, like, I was just yeah. like... Yeah, well, Oberon's a dick, I was so. like, you guys need to get divorced. <laughs> or counseling. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> like, one of the two. Um, yeah. Okay, I wrote... This is kind of funny. Demetrius sounds like a beautiful god. Like, that name, Demetrius. And then you got Lysander. And Lysander sounds like a mouthwash. <laughs> Well, I, actually, I was thinking to myself, Oberon sounds like a like an allergy medication. Uh, Oberon, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like got the sniffles. Like, take Try Oberon. Oberon. Yeah. No, but Lysander sounds like a mouthwash. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Like Listerine. Yeah. Can we talk about the play? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The play was so weird. Well, it's supposed to be bad. Yeah, I know, but it's just very awkward to watch. It's so weird. That's all I wrote was yeah. play is weird. Well, I actually find it really interesting, too, how they kind of... It's, it becomes like a play within a play. Yeah, it's a play within a play. Well, I mean, not in case of the movie, but yeah, if you're watching the play, it becomes a play within a play, which is right. really interesting. Yep. And it's like basically uh, like a, just like a farce the whole time. Um, but the, th the part that I found very interesting during that scene was how, cause, uh, Sam Rockwell is in this, uh, which is very, uh, which is very interesting to me. And, um, who's Sam Rockwell? He's an actor. In what? Uh, he was in Moon. Oh, he was in the one and only Ivan. He did the voice of Ivan. Yeah. I don't know who he is. I think. He was also in, uh, uh, what was that movie? It was one about, like, that that game show host guy. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, he was in that. Um, Jojo Rabbit, he was in yeah, recently. I don't, I don't know who he is. 
uh, yeah. But anyway, so Sam Rockwell's in this, and the thing that I found very funny about, well, not funny, but one, the thing that I found very interesting about that scene was that, because like throughout the whole play, he's like he's putting on this like over the top performance as like a female character, and he's got like that high pitched voice. Um, but then, like, at one point, for some reason, during that scene, towards the end of the play, he, like, drops the voice completely, and then, like, he takes his wig off, and it's, it, the scene becomes very serious, and the audience stops laughing, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was very interesting. Is there anything else you want to talk about before I... Because I have something that's, like, super unrelated, so... Was it production design? No. But we can talk about that. Well, what do you want like to talk about? I mean, we could talk about the set right now. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the fairy forest. I can't get over it. I can't yeah. get over it. Yeah, I love the fairy forest. I love it. I, I, want, also... I want that. I want a... I want, like, a fairy-esque photo shoot. <laughs> like, so yeah. bad. I want to dress up as a fairy... And, like, wear glittery makeup and, like, a sheer, like, pretty dress and just lay in a bed of flowers. Like, I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, I love, I love production designs like that. And I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there were, there were a lot of sets in those types of films that were getting, uh, made at that time. But I also wrote that, like, I love how seti the set looks. Like, when they're in the- seti? Yeah. Like, how fake like it it's looks? yeah, like it's very theatery. See, you know? I actually thought that it lo- was. I actually was wondering at one point, is this actually outside? Like, I thought it was like very realistic. I don't think it is actually outside, but I don't. I don't. I know. don't know. It didn't I, really. Lo- it pro- no, it probably isn't. No, it probably yeah. isn't. But like, it, I thought it looked pretty realistic. Yeah, but it looks great though. Like yeah. I love because the thing that I really love about this film too is that they actually make it very. Uh, like, I don't think they even use that much CGI in it or anything. No. Like, there's not a lot of CGI. It's very all practical. There's, like, a pond. And, and like, yeah. like, um, like, they, like, they do stuff that you would expect to see, like, in an actual play. Like, everything seems very kind of, like, uh. And more. Like, DIY, you know? Like, really? like, one of the things that I thought was very funny was that, uh, like, Michelle Pfeiffer and Rupert Everett are, like, covered in glitter. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's just very, like, that's just, like, a very theatery thing Theatrical. to me. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know, I feel like it was more, it gave more than what you could do in a play. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, you can't have, like, like, a pond on stage and a big tree, and, I mean, you could have a big tree, but, like, I don't know, you wouldn't get the set to look, like, the way it did in the movie. I yeah. love the fairy forest. Yeah, and I love the costumes of the creatures, and I love how, like, you can tell that some of them are, like, wearing masks, obviously. But that, again, just kind of, like, adds to the charm uh-huh. to me. And one of the things, and the thing that I love, and the, but the, 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 the introduction to the, um, the fairy world is really cool. And I love how, like, because in the beginning of the film, you see, like, these two characters are kind of, like, taking stuff, like, in the marketplace, like a, like a... I get, like, a phonograph and, like, a vinyl record. And then you see them later on in that scene, and they take it back to the fairy world. And I love how, like, the fairies are kind of, like, observing. uh, Like, they're, like, just, like, looking at the vinyl. And they're just kind of, like, trying to, like, figure out, like, what it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, they're kind of, like, they're fascinated by it. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and I also wrote, like, the, the mud scene must have been fun to do. When? Where they fight together. Oh, with the mud, yeah. Yeah, although apparently I, uh, IMDb said that uh, it had to be filmed twice. It took four hours to prep and clean the actresses for a second take. Oh, oh my God. That is a God. nightmare. How do you, like, how, how, like, four, unless they mean, like, it took them two hours to do it, and then it took them another two no, hours to I do think it, it again. Meant, like, just to clean up and stuff. Honestly, I feel like I would just say, guys, let's call it a night. Let's do it tomorrow. Go home and take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hollywood waits for no one. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess. That's so stressful. Yeah. Oh, anything else you wanted to add? Um, it's a little, it's, I don't know, it's kind of unrelated. I just wanted to talk about, like, the actual, like, story itself, like, the themes. Yeah, 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 sure. So, like, I've obviously studied this play, like, hardcore. But, um, I did want to say, though, that the human and the fairy realms in this, what makes... The themes in this particular play so powerful is that you have the real life world going on with the humans and then you have the fantasy world of the fairies. So I said the human and fairy realms parallel with themes. So you see love, lust, and jealousy as the three common themes in this work. And it's just funny because... It shows you that even in, like, a fantasy world, like, with beautiful, like, flowers and fairies and magic and everything's supposed to be so good and beautiful and happy all the time, they still have love, lust, and jealousy. Like, these are still normal things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if there is a little bit of dark magic involved. (laughs) Yeah. Also, because I I, I brought up uh, Neil Gaiman and Stardust before... But I think another reason why this movie does fascinate me, or just, I guess, just, like, the play in general, is because Neil Gaiman actually does kind of allude to it in um, the Sandman series that he wrote. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's really fascinating. And he actually, like, takes the, 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 um, the fairy kingdom characters and he puts them in the Sandman. And in the, 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 the issue where he uh talks about uh midsummer night's dream the thing is is that morpheus um who's the sandman uh basically makes shakespeare write a midsummer night's dream for the fairy kingdom so when they're performing the play they're they're performing the play for the same characters in the show it's really it's really cool really yeah yeah interesting yeah why does that remind me of Coraline? Well, because he also wrote Coraline, too. Oh, so. you're right. Yeah. No, but I was thinking, like, um, of, like, when Mrs. Forcible and Mrs. Spink do their play at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh-huh. just an audience of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, it's really cute. Oh, I love dogs. Yeah. I don't know. I just really love the whole, like, I always am looking for symbolism. Yeah. In works like this. And, like, themes. And I just... I I would love to go back and watch it again. Just to... Now that I conjured up the themes. Because I was like, okay, what are the main themes in this? And then I was like, okay, love, lust, jealousy. 
I'd love to go back. Like, if I were writing a paper on this, mm-hmm. which I don't think I ever wrote a paper on this particular one. I think I used it as, you know, I used examples and stuff in a paper. Mm-hmm. I had to write a couple of different papers for that class. But I wrote one about the rules of, the rule of twos. So I definitely used this one and Twelfth Night um, together. Um, and I would definitely like to go back and, like, look at those three themes and just, like, write down all the symbolism that I see, like, adding up to it. Like, oh, this was a hint, you know, for this particular theme. Or this is an, a scene with an example of this, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love doing that. I love diving into the literary perspectives of these works. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really... um it is really fascinating. And another thing that I was thinking when I was watching it this time around was, um, like, the idea that the queen of the fairies fall, like falls in love with a donkey is actually really funny. Yeah. Um, it's only because of the dark magic, though, because um, Puck, yeah. you know, like, sprinkled the dust onto her or, or whatever. Yeah. And it is a really funny I should film. direct this. Yeah. You know you don't have to pay royalties for Shakespeare shows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, like, bring that up to Joe and be like, what do you think about doing a Shakespeare play eventually? Maybe yeah. one day, like, when the pandemic's over, because you need a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah. I mean... Th- Would you this... be in it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to play Puck? Maybe. Or Nick Bottom? <laughs> yeah. I'd really have to, like meditate for that why (laughs) just to like like just to like uh i mean like shakespeare is so hard to be hot you know the sexy uh demetrius or whatever (laughs) okay i saw this done the first time when i was in i think eighth grade at the theater that i was doing shows at Mm -hmm. i just remembered we had a female puck Oh really? Yeah, she was so good. Yeah, that'd be really. In- that's she's really, really tomboy. Too. She's really tomboy. Yeah, and she's like she's played like Peter Pan. Like she plays a lot of male mm-hmm. roles. She plays male and female roles. Like she's so cool. Like very like androgynous. Mm-hmm. But she was so good as Puck, and it was very interactive. Mm-hmm. Like she came into the audience and like gave us like dust. Like it was like a kid yeah. thing, but it wasn't for kids. It was for adults. But she was like, here, throw it, like here's a little dust for you, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it was so good. I forgot that she played yeah. Puck. Well, I think another reason why I like Puck, too, and again, I'm sorry, I'm going I'm going back to the Sandman, uh, but he, because Puck is a, he becomes a reoccurring character in the Sandman, and he's, like, really creepy. Ooh. He's actually more, I think he's more sinister in that than he is in this film. Really? Yeah. Because in this, he's not really evil. He's, he's not... Well, he's not evil, but he's no, not, like... Not, he's just kind of... He's the trickster, like we yeah. said. Yeah, he wants to meddle. Yeah. Troublemaker. Yeah, that's really all I have to say. Oh, I had one more thing. Just one more. Mm-hmm. I said this film was a lot shorter than I remember. I said it does yeah. a really good job condensing the Shakespeare play because yeah. Shakespeare is long yeah well i have like no idea how much they trimmed off of this for the film uh like i don't know like how much more they're like how much they left out 
from the play. It doesn't seem like they left out anything, like, big. Like, they didn't leave out chunks of stuff. They just literally left out, like, I guess, lines and... Who knows? I don't I don't know. It just seemed a lot shorter. Maybe the pacing was just really good. Yeah. Well, actually, another interesting thing that I read, too, was that apparently, um, you don't... You don't, uh... You don't, um... Nick Bottom doesn't have a wife in the show. Or he either doesn't have a wife or he doesn't... Or you don't see her. I don't remember. Yeah. Because apparently... Because I read somewhere that they, like, they added her to, uh... The film. Yeah. So... Let's give, uh, you know, somebody else a role. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? They're, fairies are actually not nice, though. You know that? Like, look at Tinkerbell. Well, that actually does happen a lot. Fairies like, are jealous. like, I think of, you know, that I always, I'm always reminded of that scene in Labyrinth where Sarah, um, like, she, like, tries to, because, like, she sees, the first time she meets Hoggle, he's, like, spraying the fairies or whatever and she picks yeah and she's like it's like oh it bit me and he's like well, what did you expect fairies to do yeah fairies are mean they're yeah they're not necessarily nice yeah <laughs> speaking of a fairy one just like walked into the bedroom right oh, now olive yeah <laughs> our dog just decided to uh come and sit in between us <laughs> yeah all right but that's really all i have to say it's just a solid film solid show got elements of yeah like comedy and drama and all kinds of things so yeah Yeah, it's just a really fun film to watch and uh yeah it's just yeah it's a great film yeah actually when talking about 12th night remember i said the fest day the fool kind of reminds me of um bottom and puck kind of Mm-hmm. Do you remember who played him in the movie in Twelfth Night? No. It was Ben Kingsley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's really all I have yeah. to say. Cool. So, um, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host was uh, Bethany. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, see you next time. <laughs>